0: Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, which, uh, you know, is kind of a funny name. And if you want to know more about what the Catholic Foodie is all about, you can go to CatholicFoodie.com, uh, where you're going to find all things, uh, well, I like to call it Catholic culinary inspiration it's there to help inspire and encourage you to grow in faith around the table of the eucharist and around your family dinner table two tables that are very important especially when you think about the fact that you know our parish church where we go to celebrate mass that's god's family table right where he feeds us with the finest wheat when he gives us his very self in the Holy Eucharist. What a powerful, powerful thing. And we're able to make that that connection with our families, with our children, between the table of the Eucharist and the dinner table at home, where, where hopefully we are praying and asking uh, for God's blessing and thanking Him, too, for all the blessings that He pours out upon us in our family lives. You know, I, I want to share with you a little piece of news. I got something in the mail today. Very exciting. Very, very exciting for me. Um, it, it, it was a book. It's a book, and uh, it, it's, it's Sarah Reinhardt's new book called Word by Word, Slowing Down with the Hail Mary. And why is this so uh, special for me? Why is it so exciting? It's because, you know, Sarah Reinhardt, when I first started the Catholic Foodie, going back to 2008, the Catholic Foodie podcast, uh, Sarah and I, uh, I don't know how we first kind of crossed paths, but we became instant friends, and uh, Sarah Reinhardt, Lisa Hindi and I had have done a number of different uh, projects together over the years. And I remember it was probably back in 2011, 2012, 2013, Sarah wanted to do a series on her blog, snoringscholar.com, and since she's a, a convert, you know, she has this great love of Our Lady, and I've always just been so inspired by that. I'm a cradle Catholic, and, and I love Our Lady too, but it's always, to me, I guess, something special to see a convert who really just embraces mama mary and and sarah does that sarah's just uh amazing that way and very inspirational and so she wanted to do this series on the hail mary where where each person each contributor and she invited a bunch of us i think 40 of us to submit a a reflection just on one word of the hail mary and she was going to run this whole series and uh, she asked me to to participate and uh uh, my word, which she assigned to me, was thee. You know, as in Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And I was just so excited to, to be a part of of that uh, process. And she told us in the beginning, you know, make it your own. It's, it's your own reflection on this word and kind of what it means to you in the context of the Hail Mary and and, and Our Lady. And so I wrote that for her back Way back when, and uh, lo and behold, I guess it was about a year ago, Ave Maria Press came to her and said, "Hey, uh, Sarah, we love this series that's on your your website, and we'd love to uh, to make it into a book. We think that it would be a great book." And uh, and she said yes, and uh, Ave Maria got into the the business of contacting all the contributors to getting our you know permission and and all of that, and finally, it's here. It is finally here. It is uh, word by word. Uh, slowing down with the Hail Mary, and I think over the weekend it, it hit number one uh, in books about Mary in, under Catholicism on Amazon.com, which is a big deal, big deal, lots of books on Amazon.com, lots of books in the Catholicism category, and yet this, this humble little book about Our Lady uh, hit number one. So fantastic news. I'm so excited. My copies came in today. Now, I haven't seen them yet, my wife texted me a picture of the mail, <laughs> so I know that they are there, but I haven't haven't seen it. But uh, anyway, so that's some exciting news today. You know, that's exciting news for me, and I think for you. I think for a lot of families, a lot of people are going to get uh, really uh, uh, bolstered in their in their faith and in their relationship with Our Lady through that humble little book. So if you if you haven't gotten a copy yet, it just came out I think this past week. If you haven't gotten a copy yet of course you can go to Amazon. You can also go to CatholicFoodie.com There's a link right there in the sidebar take you straight to the book. And, uh, and once you do read it, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can always reach me uh, at Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com Now I'm excited about that today. I am. But I'm excited for another reason too. We have a very special guest joining us today if you recall last uh, Friday Friday, we had uh, Dr. Christopher Kaser join us. He, he's the author of The Gospel of Happiness, which was an incredible, incredible book. So so, I was so thrilled to, to read that book because it, it showed clearly that even science shows us that when you really practice your faith, when you really try, you're, you're trying to, to put into practice the things that we believe here in, in our Catholic faith, that those very things will make us happy happy and fulfilled. And that's not just priests telling us that, not just religious people telling us that. This is science even telling us that today. It's, it's just amazing. And so many different suggestions in there that help us to lead a more faith-filled life and also a happier life. So that was a fantastic interview. And I've got another awesome guest joining me today. I have Aaron Franco from HumbleHandmade.com joining us. Aaron, welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. It is such a pleasure to be here today.
0: Well, you know, it's just amazing to me because we met, I think, for the first time just just over a week ago. It was... uh, uh, over lunch, and it wasn't in a, any place fancy. <laughs> it was not like Commander's <laughs> Palace or, you know, uh, you know, La Petite Grocery down on Magazine Street in New Orleans. This was, this was part of a retreat uh, that we were at on uh, last weekend, and I got to meet your, your awesome husband and your children. And then my wife was there and my kids, and we had a very simple lunch of, uh, of, of sandwiches, but it was just such a joy-filled occasion.
1: Was, it was really so I feel like it was kind of miraculous that we met one another because the, of course, the two Catholic lay evangelist blogger podcaster radio people um in the room would happen to sit next to each other and meet for the first time <laughs> <laughs> this, little, this little box lunch uh, luncheon that we had on the retreat so. It really was so neat to meet you, and it's um, I'm just honored to ha- that you had me on the show today, and it was great to meet your beautiful wife and see all of your beautiful teenagers and your little baby girl. Oh. It was so precious.
0: Oh, she's something else. She is something else. Well, I know, you know, I, I, when I, we met, and you, you told me your name, I'm thinking to myself, I know that name. I know that name. I know that name. <laughs> Where's that from? You know, but we were both contributors to uh, CatholicMom.com. You know, and I I think that's probably where you're, or, you know, actually I I heard your name on the radio. I know that's, that was one of the places too. And it was just so cool to make like kind of two and two come together. Like the the equation finally, it's like, oh, oh, that's who you are. Oh, okay. So what a, what a, what a delight. (laughs) And, uh,
1: yeah, I've been um, doing uh, Catholic radio, just local Catholic radio here in Baton Rouge uh, for maybe, I think, probably four years now. Um, Faith and Good Counsel is the show that I help co-host, that I co and really I'm just a regular contributor now, um, maybe four or five episodes a season. Uh, but I do that with Stacey Galino, and have been for a while. And then I have um, a podcast, The Right Heart, that I actually just launched a couple of months ago in July. And that's been doing really well, um, and then I have my blog is Humble Handmade, and I've been doing that for six years now.
0: Oh wow, wow!
1: Yeah, I actually I like to tell people I really started out in that category of cat young Catholic mamas who have their first baby and start blogging so they can post pictures of the baby for mom and dad back home. <laughs>
0: to that's <see>. right. <laughs> so, um,
1: and that's really what I started uh, the blog for. And, and also, uh, the name of my blog is Humble Handmaid, and that comes from, um, from Luke, of course, whenever Mary says, uh, let it be done unto me. I'm the handmaid of the Lord. And I know whenever my husband and I got married and um, being open to life was a huge deal for us. And uh, when we had our first baby, we knew um, a a baby boy would be Gabriel, which is what our little boy, um, our little six-year-old is called. And um, and that's what I named my blog after.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you've been doing that six years now. Wow.
1: I have. Yeah, it's and really, it's it's just evolved. I really feel like it's God has just brought it um, to where it is today um, in His timing. Because for a long time, it was just for me to post my little adventures uh, with my babies, and um, and then life got kind of crazy, and marriage gets crazy, and um, I started writing about what I felt like God was teaching me through all of it, and. Um, that just resonated with people, I guess. And so it's, um, it's really evolved. And I, I, am a contributor to CatholicMom.com for maybe four or five years now, too. And, um, that was, that's been neat as well. And then I've had just lots of other opportunities kind of come, um, in God's timing. And this year, um, God really had some crazy stuff for me, and He said, "I think you should start a podcast. And here's everything <laughs> you need. Here's people to help you. Here's people, you know, technical people to teach you how to produce. And here's a studio to go to, five minutes from your house.
0: Ooh, that's so awesome! What
1: was I gonna do, right? That <laughs> is great.
0: Work.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I'm I'm kind of. I guess with my faith, I'm, sometimes I'm a lot like, okay, God, you got to be really clear with me if you want me to do it. And you just need to kind of spoon feed it to me, drop it in my lap and make it, you know, have bright sh- shining flashing lights. <laughs> be clear. And um, and he definitely was with the podcast and, um, and it has done really well since um, the summertime. I, I launched it on July 4th um, and it's October now. And it's, done pretty well, and we're right coming up on 6,000 downloads of the show, which is a lot more than what I thought I was going to get. I thought I'd maybe have a few hundred in the first couple of months, and um, so it's been re- really affirming that it's resonating with people.
0: And I, I, I find, you know, I felt the same way, and I still feel the same way. You know, I'm, I'm constantly amazed. I've been doing the Catholic Foodie, I think, since, well, it's been 2008 was when it started, October 2008, and I'm still to this day shocked that people listen to the show and then people read the show. You know, I'm like, why are you listening to me? I don't know, you know, but it's true <laughs> is that when you're sharing yourself and you're sharing your stories, that does resonate with people. And I, I think there's a lot that you and I can talk about as far as what it is like to be, I, I guess, what I would term like a digital evangelist, somebody who is, you know, in this digital landscape and trying to evangelize by just by our lives and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that once we come back for the break we do have to take a break you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media do not go away we'll be back in just a minute welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show I'm Jeff Young your host the Catholic Foodie and we're talking today with Aaron Franco of HumbleHandmade.com. And uh, Aaron, before the, the break, we were talking about, you know, just the way that this, this what you and I do, right? We're, we're on the radio, we're, we're podcasting also, we're, uh, we're blogging. This isn't a business. This is something that really kind of comes from the heart. It, it, it really, it's a ministry. And and I'm sure you found this, as I have, um, that, that, and you mentioned this before the break, that When you started writing about the way that things that happen in your life and how God is leading you and God is talking with you and God is teaching you, that what you wrote really did resonate with people. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, even to this day, after everything that I've done, I still think to myself, people, you know, this is really helping people. Does this really matter? But I, I just have to say, okay, this is where God seems to be bringing me. I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, where I think I've discerned rightly He's leading me, and and that's really what we all have to rest in at some point, whether it's we are, you know, quote-unquote, just home, or, you know, whatever job we're at, or whatever we're doing that we think God has place that's in that space and that time with these people we have to rest in that and do the very best we can at it and uh, and so really even I know for me I've I've struggled with worrying that people are going to think that I have it a little more together than I actually do just because I'm blogging and podcasting and really that's not true and I hope and I know I think you hope too Jeff through your work that people realize and that we're able to get across that we don't have it all together that we are real that we are speaking that we are trying to do what we're supposed to be trying to do and let God use us to maybe bless this listener or that reader
0: yeah you're right you're absolutely right that uh, I mean Breadbox it, it, Media is great about that too because it's really the, the way that we want to approach Catholic media you know that, that it's not uh, we're not superstars you know we're real people, and we have real people problems, <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> and uh, and that and that's that's exactly where people are. You know, and I think I think it's important. And, and I, the way I look at what I'm doing is that I, I'm really just trying to give hope to people because I know that today we were so busy. Families are. Our culture does not. Um, is not conducive to just normal family life. It's not. And it, and it tries to pull us together just from the, from the seams, you know, the very fabric seems to be pulling apart of for, for families. And, and it's great to talk about that in the, um, you know, in the uh, uh, I'm trying to, what is the word? Not specific, but sort of like, you know, generic to speak of it generically. But the fact is, is that, me and you and real families, we experience this every day. And and to be able to, to get behind a microphone or to get behind a keyboard and to share my experiences, I'm surprised that it works this way, but it really, from the words I hear from people, it really is. It's it, it's something that gives people hope. And I think that hope is something that we all really need today. Absolutely.
1: And so, and you know, so often just hearing or or listening to somebody who's going through what you're going through or who has been through it and who has come out the other side and they are stronger or they are more solid in their marriage or whatever it is, that is so empowering. It, it gives us the hope that we need, and that, to me, is what I'm going for in my very little small part of the new evangelization. I want to give people hope because... I have been through things in my marriage and my family life and my life that um, have been really hard. That I've learned from, and you know, maybe they're not as hard as somebody else. But I, I just try to take what I've been through and the hope and and that I've received and the hope that I want to give to people and and really um, encourage people that they can get through whatever they're going through and really look at. You just look at online, what are the posts in uh, Catholic media that go viral? Mm -hmm. And I think about the ones that go viral from my blog, not that I've had all kind of posts go viral quite yet, but the ones that are most popular, at least, are the ones about that I've written about how I got through a hard time in my marriage, Mm -hmm. how my husband and I have handled uh, struggles with NFP, how I've... um, Struggled with this particular aspect of parenting. Uh, so those are the things that people are hearing and they're saying, "Me too. You too." This girl who is blogging and podcasting and doing these things that you know I couldn't even dream of, she's going through the same thing. She's yeah. a real person and she's on the other side of it. And and those are the ones that I get. Uh, sometimes it is actually hard <laughs> being. A blogger, because the emails you get and the comments that you get just break your heart. They're they're hopeful, but so many people are hurting and they're going through so much. And um, I think that's one of the things that I didn't realize when I started blogging and saying yes to this uh, very special kind of uh, charitable vulnerability about different parts of my life is realizing that, wow, I have more people to pray for regularly. For sure. I pray for so many of my readers that have been in things over the years. Um, I pray for everybody who will ever read each post that I write before I hit publish, and and really just offer them up to Our Lady, offer them up to the Lord, and, and ask that He would touch their lives, if it's His will, um, through what I've shared, and the hope that I'm trying to offer them.
0: And it, it seems to me that it really does, um, like, echo the call of Pope Francis, you know, the Holy Father being here in the United States was just such a such an amazing uh, uh, time, and the message of hope that he gave, and the message that he really had to families, and 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 I guess the emphasis too on on being you know being open hearted being open-hearted and to really, uh, to be fully human. Uh, one of the things that I, and I, I shared this last week, it was so funny because Lisa uh, Schmidt from um, uh, thepracticingcatholic.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, she's so funny. You know, on Twitter, she after she heard the show, she commented and she said, she actually quoted what I said. And I said, you know, it's, it's really not about the food, you know, and, and she's, she's teasing me and saying, you know, said no foodie ever, right? Um, but that's really what my thought, what I was trying to say is, is you know, especially in light of the Holy Father's visit, that what I write about, I write about food because everybody needs to eat and people just love it, right? They love to talk about food. They love to cook food. They love to eat food. And uh, and it's a, it's a great common ground. It's a great place to start any kind of conversation. And but I I confessed on that particular show as like it but it really isn't about the food you know it's about the relationships it's really what it's about and uh, Mm -hmm. and and I think I hear that that's what I hear you saying that is when we're open hearted when we I love that what you said how did you describe that did it say um a a vulnerability Um,
1: yeah it's a special kind of vulnerability that we that we have as bloggers. And there's a fine line there for sure between, you know, you don't want to have your blog be a tell-all about your marriage or right. whatever. And and just, and I will say that if I post anything about my marriage or my family, my husband knows about it first and I've had his permission for that. Because I know, you know, there are certainly people out there who maybe don't do that. Right. But um, right. to me, I'm just, I think behind every great mom blogger or person who writes about marriage is a spouse who's very humble. And that's certainly the case with me. My husband, Michael, is a gem uh, to let me write about some of what I write about. But um, ultimately, I really, it, it points to God, and I think it points to my husband being a man of God. And that's wow. why I'm comfortable putting some of that out there.
0: Yeah, I, um, when, I, when I write about my wife or, um, or talk about her on, on the radio or the podcast or whatever, I always, I put her on a pedestal. <laughs> you know, she's up there, you know, and, uh, and she is. I mean, she, she has been uh, the most amazing thing that, that has ever happened to me. And um, um, I mean, I can't say enough good about her, you know. And so every time, it is funny because even that even the, I mentioned that book earlier, uh, Word by Word, um, mm-hmm. Slowing down with the Hail Mary. The The funny thing about it is that that word the was assigned to me. And guess what I wrote about? <laughs> it's all about my wife. Oh, wow. You know, it's all about my oh, wife. And so she and she and she totally forgot about it. So when the book, you know, she opens it up. She's looking at it. And she's going, oh, my goodness. You know, she's <laughs> <laughs> she had totally forgot about that blog post way back when. And now it's in print. So. Oh, well, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all great stuff because, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of it is just having an awareness. And I'm so glad, you know, I'm hearing you talk about this. I love that the, the name of the blog is The Humble Handmaid. And, and humility is just that I think a lot of people are so confused by humility. You know, that, that humility is simply that honesty. It's simply that, that, that realization that there is a God and it's not me. And, and so I am a jumble of virtues and vices of, of good things and bad. Um, I, I grew up in a certain area in a, in a certain within a certain environment and I, and I learned things when I was young and some of them were great and some of them were not. And as I continue to live my life I continue trying to be better than I than than, than I have been you know and at the same time so I have successes and I have failures and humility is just that that attitude of, of openness and honesty that can see where God works in my life and where, you know, where I have certain gifts that he's given me and I've got, you know, certain faults that are my own. And, uh, and, and but being humble is such a beautiful thing. I mean, you look at Pope Francis, wow. I mean, the world is in love with this Pope and, it, and it's because of his incredible humility. So having mm-hmm. that vulnerability, I think that's what you had said, that charitable vulnerability is, wow, I love that term. It's just such a, uh, um, it's amazing. And, exactly. uh, and I think, you know, we are actually coming up on, on a, a break here. So before that, you want to tell us real quick, how do people find you online?
1: Sure. Well, if you can remember my name, then you're good to go. You can try <laughs> com, and you can find all of the things that God's put in my life for me to do right there.
0: Awesome. And we're going to be back. We do have to take a break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Box Media. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. So glad that you were here with me today, and I'm so glad that Aaron Franco is here with us today. Aaron Franco of the blog uh, Humble Handmade. You can find it at HumbleHandmade.com or AaronFranco.com. Aaron, uh, we were just chit-chatting a little bit over the break, and and one of the things that you had told me about was kind of earlier on in your marriage you had— a really supportive uh, community of other married couples, and and oddly enough, somehow or another, food factors into this. you want to tell me about that?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Food is kind of what brought us together. So my husband and I, right after we got married, um, we moved to Houston. Um, Like, it's a very popular thing to do these days, I feel like. (laughs) <laughs> at least if you're from um, that Rouge, I feel like everyone does a stint in Houston. Um, but anyway, so we moved to Houston, and we didn't know a soul. But we started meeting a couple of people at church, and, um, you know, we're trying to make friends. We're trying to volunteer with the youth group and meet other people who have some kind of semblance of our same values, because um, that's important to have friends like that, too. And we ended up meeting um, a couple of other younger couples, and we said, you know what? it's great seeing you guys. We'd love to get together, but seeing, you know, just being somebody after mass and saying, we should do something, but then you never do it. It just kind of wasn't working for us. So uh, one of the other couples had this idea to start a family dinner. And I'm not sure where the name came from, um, but it's basically the idea that, you know, all these young couples in Houston didn't, most of us didn't have family there. And so um, your friends and your community kind of, are your family in a sense. So we called it family dinner, and we met at uh, one of the couple's houses, the same house, every week. So we oh, met wow. weekly on Thursday nights, and it was um, a casual potluck meal. So bring whatever. We didn't try to coordinate beforehand to make sure we had, you know, an entree and a vegetable and salad or, and a dessert. It was sometimes we had all desserts. Sometimes we had all green beans, and we had to order (laughs) pizza from Little Caesars, which was about all any of us could afford at the time. Oh Um, wow! So, um, but family dinner grew, and it really wasn't just young couples. We had older couples too. We had uh, single people uh, from church who would come. People would bring their coworkers. It was an open invitation: bring a friend, come when you can, kind of a thing. And uh, we did have have it at the same house for a while. And then eventually, my husband Michael and I had it at our house uh, for a while, like a year and a half. And after we sadly moved from Houston, uh, the community actually still meets, they probably have 30 to 40 people every week and they switch houses every few months is how they do it now. Kind of the specifics for the most part, you know, you can kind of adapt to whatever, you know, the needs of your community are, but the idea of a casual potluck gathering of families, whenever you can make it, bring the kids, by the way, kids are, are definitely invited <laughs> and it's okay. Bring on the crazy because everyone's crazy. Um, go put on your gym shorts and your t-shirt after work. You don't have to dress up for this. Um, that's pretty much the basics of it. And let me tell you, such a formative thing for my husband and I. We had all three of our children um, while we were in Houston. And just being able to be around these other families to ask parenting questions to, to be inspired by, well, they're doing it with two or three, you know, Mm -hmm. people are calling us to do that. Um, Just having people that knew what our life was like week to week you um, know I mean, what was going on with my husband's job, or going on with my pregnancy, or whatever. What a blessing! I think community is something that so many of us are looking for, and food. Uh, this family dinner idea was just the perfect bring place and uh, thing to bring everybody together. I mean, you have to eat, right? That's
0: right. Um, so,
1: <laughs> it's, been, it's been awesome. I, I really miss it. Actually we, we have some here um, in Down Ridge where I live now, uh, but we don't get together quite as often. It's not the weekly um, community that we had in Houston,
0: yeah.
1: um, but it's still great. There's a monthly one that we do. Um, there's just a zillion kids at that one, <laughs> and it's actually <laughs> across town from us, so we don't make it quite as often right now. It's hard with school, Wow. Um, going on right now and then there's another one that kind of the way they structure it is um they kind of meet just whenever somebody says oh we'll host the next one mm-hmm. so yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it but even though we don't meet as often it is still so neat to kind of meet people through the families in a community here in Gaton rouge and and feel like you have a community of other families and other people who um who share our faith since i think most of us are Catholic, actually, that do it. it's just been wonderful. I could go on and on, if I feel like, about family dinner and, and just pull out so much fruit from that gift that I, I feel like God helped us um, with early on in our marriage.
0: Oh, that is just so beautiful. You know, it's perfectly the perfect Catholic foodie topic, you know, because I mean, that's really what it's all about. You know, it's and I, and what I was trying to say that, you know, Lisa Schmidt had made fun of me <laughs> good naturedly, of course, mm-hmm. good naturedly, but you know, it's not really about the food. I mean, you can have whatever. Now I do believe that, that, you know there is a time and a place for, you know, really good food because uh, food is a fantastic evangelization tool, and Jesus knew that. You know that's why he multiplies the bread and the fish, and and he's got a, a captive audience there. Everybody was, is hanging on to every his la- every word of his. You know, um, and so it's wonderful. It's a wonderful tool to bring people together and uh, and to evangelize. Not not necessarily in a. Yeah, evangelize just through relationships, just through being yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like y'all had just a fantastic uh, experience with that. I, we, we haven't, um, we, we've from time to time we have something similar to that. And, and I know that you, you all, you, you and Michael are uh, part of this domestic church uh, movement, uh, which is out of mm-hmm. Poland. And uh, you've got some time on us there. My, my wife and I just became involved about six or almost seven months ago, and uh, there's something similar to that. It is a community. It is married couples, and it's, it's a, a wonderful uh, a movement. I'm, I've been very impressed with it, and we have a little small uh, meal every time we gather together, so there's it's not just a, a prayer group necessarily. There's, there's that fellowship and, and all of that, and that's, that's once a month. And, and y'all, how did you, you come across uh, Domestic Church?
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, domestic church is another one of those things I could just talk all day about, Jeff. <laughs> it's been just such a God thing in my marriage and my family. But, um, so domestic church, um, the couple who kind of brought it over from Poland, it's a great story. I actually have a podcast on it and a blog post on uh, com. and my uh, podcast, the right com, is where you can find it about how they brought it over. But the the couple who did it were Kate and David Dawson. They're very close friends of Michael and I um, from way back before any of us were even dating. Um, So David would call my husband Michael every few months after they um, brought it over to the U.S. and were kind of getting started. And he said, dude, dude, you need this for your marriage. It's so amazing. (laughs) Kate and I are so blessed by it. And of course, Michael and I... um, we're like, oh, we love King David. We, you know, y'all are wonderful, good for you. But we don't really do movement, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so we resisted for a while. And and you know, we we really did talk about it and do a little bit of discernment about it. And we were in Houston at the time, and things were a little kind of shaky with our. Uh, we had a business over there and some other stuff that we were dealing with, and we didn't discern that it was something God wanted for us at that time, and that that was fine. So. We did take them a little bit seriously and talk once about it or so. But anyway, um, Michael and I got involved with the Mystic um, to make a long story short um, that involved a horrific chainsaw accident.
0: Oh my! <laughs> my husband
1: almost cut his arm off with a chainsaw.
0: Oh wow! Doing something
1: for our business, <laughs> but yeah, we. Scary. Um, <laughs> I know. Really, um, it was really scary. Um, and I love to poke fun at Michael because it was actually the second accident with a chainsaw oh, no. that he had had in less than a year. And after it happened, though, you know, just, it, you know, you look back and you see how God weaves everything together for your good, how he's just orchestrating your life. And if we wouldn't have had that accident, we wouldn't have decided um, pretty soon after that that we needed to provide for the family another way. We wouldn't have moved here to Baton Rouge, we wouldn't have had our marriage fall apart and get terrible, terrible, and we wouldn't have had me um, sweetly, sweetly drag my husband on a marriage retreat that (laughs) was the only one I'd heard of at the time. It was for domestic church, and I said, we don't have to join the movement, but we need this. And um, because my husband's a good man, he went, um, even though, oh my goodness, on the way there he said, Aaron, I just want to let you know, I know you're having a little, you know, some second thoughts about whether we should go this weekend. It was crazy leaving the kids and all that. And I will support you in whatever you choose. (laughs) Oh, wow. Awesome. (laughs) Because I was kind of, it was hard to get out there. It was like everything was against us driving to Lake Charles for that retreat. But but anyway, we we laugh about it now because he didn't want to go, but he did. And let me tell you, the first night of the retreat, Um, After that first night, we looked at each other, and something just like a light switch in both of our heads. And at the same time, we said, I think God wants this for us, for our marriage. And we have just been so, so blessed since that moment. Um, Through domestic church, our marriage is so much stronger. And, I mean, I have a whole nother episode I could do with you, uh, Jeff about um, what we've been through even since that time and how Domestic Church has um, sought to use it and the graces that we've cooperated with to get through this time in our marriage and um, how Domestic Church has helped us. Um, it's just simple stuff that everybody that you would tell it to would say, yeah, that would be a good thing to do. Pray together as a couple. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be great to do. <laughs> and we, we should do that. But then with Domestic Church, with the way that it's set up, with that kind of gentle accountability of Mm -hmm. um, meeting once a month with a circle over a simple meal, which is what we were uh, talking about um, in meeting with these other couples and saying, this is how we're doing in our marriage. We didn't pray together at all this month because we didn't make time and we were too busy and we had too many soccer games. That's right. Wow, that sounds really lame, right? (laughs) So It's um, that general accountability of us sharing and how we're doing, committing um, prayer in our family life and in our marriage, and it's just been awesome. So that was a long answer to your question. But, but um, I love it. I really, I
0: yeah, love it. It's,
1: um, it's been so awesome.
0: I love it. I love it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that We'll come back from the break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. We're joined today uh, by Erin Franco, and uh, who is uh, of, of uh, HumbleHandmade.com, who before the break was telling us about her and her husband, Michael, and their experience with this movement out of Poland. And it's, it's very much uh, a movement for families, a movement for married couples. Uh, it's one of those beautiful things that uh, oftentimes you don't see in the church. You know, here in the United States, there's plenty of opportunities for uh, married couples to get involved in in different uh, types of of movements or different types of ministries. And a lot of times they wind up dividing you up and you wind up having the men go one way and the women go another, this is something that's totally different. And, uh, it's been around, I think in Poland for probably 30, 40 years, uh, or longer. And, uh, Pope John Paul II, I believe had, had something to do with it, uh, uh, when it was first getting started. So anyway, Aaron, you were, you were telling me, uh, about the, the tremendous, uh, impact domestic church has had on, on, on you as an individual and also, uh, on your marriage and your, your family life, um, and I heard during the break you mentioned uh, that you wrote a, a blog post about this, and something special came out of that.
1: Yeah, I um I wrote a blog post. Uh, it's called "How Domestic Church Changed My Marriage," and really, it's God who changes my marriage. It's um, Domestic Church just sets you up to cooperate with the grace of the sacrament is what it does because you communicate you you commit to communicating you commit to praying together about things you commit to praying with your family and all of those things our prayer cooperates with the grace that we all get when we get married um, on our wedding day and so really that's my um, I just wanted to say that because I know it's, it's the Lord it's not the movement it's just the movement teaches you how to how to set yourself up for success really but hmm. so, yeah so i wrote this post um how domestic church changed my marriage and it's really the the witness the testimony of uh, where my husband michael were before we went on that first and they call it an evangelization retreat it's like the first retreat that you go on to just solidify solid Catholic marital spirituality, and under, you learn what the um, the movement is about and what it involves, and um, so Michael and I went on that retreat, and and that's um, the start of the story that I wrote about in this post. Well, come to find out, I get a text from Kate Dawson, um, the, she's part of the National Couple who heads up domestic church in the U.S., and she says, Erin, you're famous. And here's a picture of my name in Polish, which happens to be spelled E-R-Y-N. And then my article, my blog post had been translated into Polish. Oh, wow. And was distributed at the World Meeting of Families. They had a domestic church gathering there, uh, a worldwide gathering. And actually, I apologize to this man, (laughs) but whatever man, whatever cardinal is, the cardinal who is the head of the, uh, is it the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith or that's, something yes. like that?
0: I think so, yeah. I think
1: that's him. But he, um, we were blessed to have him preside at the, <laughs> for now, at the gathering. And, um, so anyway, there's, um, Kate sent me that picture and I said, oh my goodness. So every Polish couple, every circle, you know, um, everybody in the world doing domestic church, read my article that I read about (laughs) I'm like talk about going viral
0: that's amazing
1: crazy but um, praise God because I just feel such a a joy that God gave me this great gift um, in my marriage it really brings such peace to my heart as a wife and I think to my husband too that um, because we're committed we've committed to communicating once a month having a, a serious prayerful couple dialogue where our hearts are in the right place that God is in the middle of us, where, you know, it's, we're talking about things that flare up that usually one of us are not in the right disposition of mind or heart to speak, to talk about at that time. Mm-hmm. We, can, we commit to that and have that communication, the fruitful communication at that time about things. We pray every day together, some way. There's not a special way that you have to pray. You have to, you just commit to praying in some way once a day. We pray with our children, um, and there's some other little things that are all just being Catholic right. that we do. There are things that, you know, I would I could tell you all about them, and you would say, wow, that would be really nice. I mean, you should do that. <laughs> I mean, that's just like what we should all be doing, but then in daily life, you know, in, oh, in yeah. real life, unless you've committed to them in some way, nice things don't get done. That's right. And they weren't really getting done in my marriage, so it's just been such a game changer. It really has.
0: Well, it's funny because you know my wife and I uh, we've been married almost 17 years. and uh, we went through marriage prep. We had been we were very involved uh, early on in the, uh, the Catholic charismatic renewal. and uh, we had positions of, of ministry. We worked with this uh, youth group and we were involved in leadership roles and in various uh, ministries. And we were prepared by a, you know a priest and a couple who were um, in, in the, the, the charismatic renewal. And so, from very early on, we knew that prayer really needed to be part of our marriage you know the, the, the that that's really what it's all about that 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 intimacy with the Lord and intimacy with each other that can only be attained through uh through prayer and yet knowing this, we've gone for sixteen years seven almost seventeen years struggling having difficulty after difficulty of really making that happen on a daily basis. Um, you know, we, but we both pray individually, you know, we both have pretty solid prayer lives on our own, but that, that real intimacy as part of the sacrament of marriage, that, that should be really part of our daily experience has been so elusive for us. And we're very grateful. I mean, we, I was actually kind of terrified, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> to be honest,
0: you know, when this thing came up and we were invited at this whole in the North Shore area in New Orleans, you know, there's a, there was a lot of interest about the domestic church about uh, a year ago. And so preparations were being made. And then finally, uh, I guess it was we're on, going into our seventh month now uh, of being a part of this. And so we're, we're, we're just in that beginning stages and we're just learning more and more. And we're learning about the praying together and that kind of gentle accountability and reading scripture daily and all these things that are just normal but when you're actually doing them it, it it's night and day it makes a night and day experience of, of what your relationship is like in the relationships within the family I, I'm loving it absolutely loving it and and wish we would have started 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. It's one of those things about domestic church that is is often about learning to pray together daily as a couple is that so many of us just are not on the same, I don't know if it's the same level or sometimes same level of education or, you know, depth of prayer as our spouse. And so, yeah, you kind of have this, you know, well, the wife is here and then the husband went on this retreat and came back fired up and... You know, you just a lot of a lot of us don't have a place to meet in the middle and grow together and learn how to talk not just about God and what God is doing in us, but talk to God together right. about our family, about our marriage, about our problems, about what we want to thank him for. And so, um, domestic church really has an ongoing formation, a lifelong formation uh, specifically on um, topics that relate to marriage and family um, that you go through um, that help you grow together in spiritual and marital spirituality. And I love, love, love that about it. And actually, I don't I don't think we mentioned the food part of Domestic Church that you meet once a month with a circle of other couples. They call it a circle. It's uh, five to seven couples and a priest, actually. And you meet once a month at one of the couples' homes. You kind of rotate and you meet over a simple meal. Mm-hmm. And so you you grow in that supportive um, Christian community that has that general accountability, and you meet over a meal that's not fussy, which is kind of hard for us here in the South <laughs> if we want to break out our china and our double eggs and you know all of that. Oh, yeah. But, um, so it's, it, it is hard to keep it simple, but it, that's something that I actually have come to really like about it because it takes the pressure off of feeling like you have to Host and do your house up and have everything look perfect for everybody. It's more about the relationship than fancy food. So sometimes we'll have soup and French bread if the meeting happens to be over a meal, you know, dinner, or we'll just have coffee and a dessert or two Uh, if it's, you know, during the afternoon or the morning one day.
0: I know. I, I, I love that about uh, about domestic church too, and it's you know, and a lot of it. I think a lot of it too is being in community like that, uh, having these other couples, and really getting an inside picture on of of their experience, of their relationship with each other, and with God. You I mean we kind of get those sneak peeks into this, you know, that you start to see how they pray, and, and all of a sudden it kind of, I don't, in a way, it kind of demystifies this process, and so we're like, oh, you mean we can just like talk to God? <laughs> you know, it's like it's not it's not like we don't have to follow these formulas and do it a certain way for it to work. It's just like I just am like myself I'm just myself with God, with my wife there or my husband there. And that's what it is. It's just so simple. It's so simple.
1: Yeah, and even hearing um, like the priest will participate in the meeting too, obviously, and part of the meeting. Um, one of my favorite parts because I'm a girl and I blog, so I have that extra gene that likes to tell people everything. <laughs> um, but I, if you share your, you share your ups and your downs, right. yeah. Of how life is going, <laughs> and then, yeah, of course, though all the women are like sharing oh, really yeah. ups yeah. and downs, but then you share the ups and the downs of how like you're. Spiritual life is doing as a couple, too, and what's working for you, and what has been an obstacle for you. And then having um, the circle priest there uh, very honestly about what's hard for him that that's month, right. you know, for the past month, that's been really neat, to to really humanize uh, the priest and, and feel like, you know, maybe sometimes we're not doing so bad that it is hard. That, that's right. Uh, and the priests are not, you know, they're not saints yet either. But they are still that spiritual father uh, for the group, and you know, for the parish, and for all of us. So I, I really have loved that part about it too. And talk about getting close to a priest when he, when oh, you have yeah. a priest that's in your circle. I mean, my children run up to Father Matthew <laughs> <laughs> every time they see him. They love him, and he loves he loves them to death too. You know, it's. I think our priests. That's one thing about Domestic Church that Kate and David kept saying and that I've seen in our priest and the other priests I know who do it. They love doing Domestic Church. They get a lot of insight into marriage. They get those close relationships with families and other couples that they crave. And um, just seeing what a joy it's been to Father Matthew, our circle priest in particular, has been awesome.
0: And that I, I love that about it. It's just so simple and it's so human. It's just the way that, that God made us. You know, Aaron, it has been such a delight to have you join me here today. And uh, I'm going to have to have you back. We got way too much more to, to talk about. You know, you're going to have to come back on uh, <laughs> the do. Catholic Foodie Show. Uh, but we are out of time today. So uh, I want to thank you again. Uh, folks, you can find Aaron over at HumbleHandmade.com or Aaron Franco com, And uh, you can also learn more about Domestic Church at domesticchurchfamilies.com. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show today. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, bon appetit.